0: Good morning everybody. Good morning. I hope y'all are doing really well today. It's so great to see you. Um, I hope your weekend was good and for I Know Me it went by really fast but it's a wonderful day to be in worship so if you're here we're so thankful and if you're online we're really grateful that you tuned in to us and we love you and we um, are thankful that you're part of our church family. We don't have many announcements for my youth. We are pulling out of this church at 2 30 today for Winter Jam so you better be here before because I don't know what the traffic's going to be like. So here we go. Um, There's not much else going on to announce, but there's a lot going on in the bulletin. So make sure you check the back and students tonight, since the youth will not be here, we will not have kids activities tonight. Um, So just keep that in mind. And all right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we adore you, and we come to worship you this morning, and we are so thankful for this freedom, and we thank you for this church. Um, I thank you for our pastor and, and our music team and Melody and, and everyone that's a part of this, Lord, that, that is a part of this service and this church in all the different ways, Lord. There's so many people um, that serve this church in so many different capacities, and I just want to thank you this morning for all of them. And thank you for all the members and the attendees that come to worship with us, Lord. And they all have so many lives and so many paths. And no matter what our lives look like outside of here, we are all one family. And when we come in here, we are together, united in your name. And that is so beautiful and so powerful that we all meet here for the most important reason of our lives, which is to serve you, Lord, to honor you um, and to worship you, our holy God. So I pray over this time Let the spirit lead us in prayer and in worship and singing. Um, Let the words that you have for us, Lord, direct our lives. Let us be in tune with those and not out of tune and in tune with the world, but focused on your word, Lord. I pray that over all of us today. If we need to come down and bow before you, Lord, let us. If we need to lift our hands in praise, give us the courage to praise you no matter what, God, because you are our king. And we choose to follow our, our, our God, our Savior, our Provider. In the midst of all the things in the world that pull us away and tell us to do something else, Lord, you are the truth and the light and the life and the love that is always there, no matter what. Oh, we praise you, Lord, and we love you, and we give you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Have you already? Amen. I know that I have been a good day in the house of the Lord. We are continuing in our our series this morning, Pursuing Wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3. If you want to turn to that, uh, feel free to. And uh, We're going to be in in, uh, the first half of that most of the day. If any of you follow me on Facebook, you may have seen a post I put up earlier this week and I thought, man, I can't help but put this up because it was dealing with wisdom, and it said, how to politely tell somebody they're stupid. <laughs> tell them wisdom has been chasing you, but you have always been faster. <laughs> it just can't seem to run it down. So, But we are continuing in, in that series of pursuing wisdom, and as we move into Proverbs chapter 3, we, we find the same uh, introduction in, in chapter three, as we do in the, in the first part of the uh, book that we've been looking at, at uh, over the last couple of weeks, where we see King Solomon, the author of Proverbs, and he's addressing his son. His son is now uh, living on his own and dealing with the, with the worldly temptations, the evil and the sinful people out there. And so Solomon is just a, a, implores his son again to listen. the wisdom how many times have we done that with our kids just listen okay listen to your mama listen to your daddy you know we've been there done that we want the best for you okay and so this was solomon's idea here you know just uh he wanted the best for his kids And, and again we all want the best for our kids and so he he pours out his soul throughout the book of proverbs and uh and and we see here today that that He reminds His Son that if you follow His instructions, God's going to bless you. God's going to pour out His blessings abundantly upon you. Follow the wisdom that I'm trying to, to give you. And we know that ultimately wisdom comes uh, from, from Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made Him to be wisdom itself. And so Jesus is wisdom. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and He freed us from sin. Praise God. Amen? And so all of our wisdom that, that, that we need is found in, in, in Jesus Christ. And you know, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come and, and open up our hearts and, and the Holy Spirit pour into us, we gain that wisdom, the wisdom of God. And so this morning, we're going to ask ourselves a couple of questions this morning. And, and so as we ask them, how do you answer them? How are you going to answer them this morning? Again, the, the, the title of the message is, is The Value of Trusting God. And so we're going to look at, at that this morning. The first question, is your life set apart for God. Is your life set apart for God? In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, <clears throat> verse 1 and 2, it says, My son, here he goes, he's, he's pleading with him again. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Don't forget them. Keep them, keep them here where you can recall them. Keep them here where you can where you can pull them up and use them in everyday life. He says, for they will prolong your life many years. When we have the wisdom of God, it gives us the, the wisdom to make uh, correct choices where we don't fall short uh, making these stupid choices, okay? For your life will prolo- For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I talk with so many people all the time that are are struggling, that are fighting, that don't have peace, and a lot of times that's temporary peace because of a situation that they're going through, but there are others that just don't have peace at all because they don't have Jesus or they've not surrendered uh, uh, that issue to the Lord. Solomon is calling his son here to and 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 challenging his son here to submit to the word of God. Listen to the words, keep them in your heart, use them again. And now he's not he's not wanting him to submit to God out of duty, but out of love for God. You know, we 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 often hear people say, Well, it's our duty as Christians to submit. It's not our duty. We don't we don't submit to the Lord out of out of duty but out of a loving devotion for God. That is why we give our life over to Him. It's not because we're supposed to or we have to. It's because we want to. You see, Jesus said in, in John 14, He said, If you love Me, if you love Me, you will keep My commands. And here... Solomon is saying, don't forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so by by doing so, he'll give you peace and he will pour out his blessings upon you. If we love him, we will keep his commands. Solomon continues his teachings in in verse 3. He says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, he's telling us to do that, but if we do that, what's the purpose? Why are we going to do that? Well, verse 4, he answers that question. He says, then you will win favor. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. You know, it it, it takes you a lifetime to, to, to build your name up. It takes a lifetime to build a, 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 a name of integrity for yourself. But man, it can be gone just like that, can it? Your name can be ruined just like that. That's why we need the wisdom of God to make those choices and to live the life He wants us to live so that, uh, again, we remain in good sight. Our name is in good sight in man and with God. So, is your life set apart for God? The second one is your life directed by God? Proverbs chapter 3, verse verse 5 and 6 is probably one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. A lot of people say that's my life verse, That's, that's my favorite verse. And it's quoted by many, but I wonder is it applied by many? You might say, yes, I I trust God with all my heart, but do we really? Are we living that out? Are we applying that to our life daily in all of the circumstances of our life? And as we look at this passage and we look at this verse, we see that that these verses are given to a young man, and and he's trying to find his way in the world. He's trying to to understand God's Word and make sense of it and, 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 and make the right decisions. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, another familiar verse, it says, Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, here it is, and one who correctly handles the Word of God, the Word of truth. You see, there's a call by Solomon here in in verses 5 and 6, to trust God completely. And because we're studying God's Word, because we're seeking truth, because we're applying the wisdom and the truth to our life, he says in verse 5 and 6, then trust God. Trust God with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And and when when we see that phrase there, if we think about that and being written in Hebrew, in the Hebrew mindset, the the heart encompassed everything. It was was your intellect. It was your emotions. It was your, your will and your motivation. And so this call to trust God with all your heart is a call to complete and wholehearted commitment to God. In everything. I and mean, when we trust God and not ourselves, He will guide our life. He will direct our life in a way that He wants it to go so that we can accomplish the purposes that He has laid out for us. And so that we can be the part of the kingdom of God that He wants us to be. And so notice the contrast in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, versus Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 26. That one says, those who trust in themselves are fools. <laughs> and so in Proverbs chapter 3, he says, Trust in God, don't lean on your own understanding. He says, here, because those who trust in themselves are fools. But, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. He goes on in verse, in chapter 3, verse 7. And 8, he says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And and we've seen that idea. We've seen that that, that talked about uh, throughout the first two chapters of Proverbs. And he's reinforcing it here in chapter 3. And so to trust the Lord with all of our heart means to be totally and completely given over to Him in, in His ways, for our life and so is is your life set apart for God is it directed by God the next question is, is it given is your life given over to God now what does that look like what how is that played out in our in our life well he goes on uh, again we, we, we look at, at verse 1 and 2 and 3 4 and 5 and 6 here trusting God with everything uh, trust in God, not yourself. And in verse 9, he says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is another one of those if if then promises, similar to the one we saw. Uh, the last couple of weeks, actually verses 3 and 4 is another one of those passages, in that if you do this, then God will do that. And so trusting God with all your heart requires a, a total commitment that if you honor God with your finances, then, if you honor God with your finances, then He will pour out His blessings upon you. This is written to say, in, in essence, a, a literal translation might, be, might to say that, that you, all of you, give of your wealth. And the idea of, of giving of your wealth uh, comes from the Old Testament, of course. Um, the idea of tithing comes from the Old Testament. The Hebrew word for tithe literally means a tenth. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. In Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And you see, I think one of the things we have to get over in our mind is that We don't own this. I don't really own this coat. You don't really own that car that you drove here in. You don't really own that house that you live in. It's God's. God made it available for you. God gave it to you to use. God, you say, but but I earned this much money and I bought this, so it is mine. But who gave you the health to work? Who gave you the the mind to think? Who gave you the body to to work it and to be able to, to earn that income so that God could give you the things in your life? Because you see, it all comes. From God. And so when we begin to, to realize that and understand that and internalize that, then we begin to understand that, that God's generosity is beyond our comprehension. And that it all comes from Him. And so when someone says that, that say, Yeah, I I tithe. Well, they may actually be giving a gift and not necessarily a tithe. Well, let me explain. Because you see, a tithe is giving a tenth of everything that you make or ten percent of everything you make back to the church, back to the Lord. So that, so that the Lord can use the church to bring about His kingdom purposes in this area of the world, in this community, in this state, in the country, and across the world. God wants us to be able to use God wants to be able to use us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. And so that's a tithe. And so, well, Russ, I give an offering too. Well, an offering actually is anything over and beyond the 10%. Offering is in addition to the, to the tithe that you give. And so you, you give your tithe to the church and maybe it's an offering to... FCA or or a rescue mission or whatever it might be? A gift on the other hand is something less than <clears> ten percent. <throat> I just want to ask you this morning, where are you? Are you giving a tithe? Are you giving a tithe and an offering? Or are you giving a gift? On this topic, Dave Ramsey said, tithing isn't for God's benefit. He doesn't need our money. It's his money anyway. It all belongs to him, right? He said, he doesn't need our money. Instead, tithing is meant for our benefit because sacrificing a portion of our income reminds us to rely on God to meet our needs. Plus, it makes us more aware of the needs of others. Giving encourages a grateful and generous spirit and can help steer us away from greed and discontent. Ramsey continued, he said, while while tithing 10% of your income is biblical, that doesn't mean you have to be a Christian to tithe. It also doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian if you don't tithe. In fact, research even shows that the majority of those who go to church Seventy-five to ninety percent don't tithe. And he finishes, Thankfully, God loves us even when we give and when we don't give. You see, our salvation isn't based on what we give. The only thing our salvation is based on us giving is us giving our heart to the Lord. But just think of the the kingdom work that could be done if that seventy-five to ninety percent we're actually tithing. Think of how much more the kingdom could do if that were the case. But, 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 but folks, our generosity is not about, not about keeping the rules. It's a matter of our heart. And that's what Solomon's trying to get across here. He says, if you do trust God with all of your heart, if you do trust God with all of your heart, you will trust Him with all of your finances as well. David Jeremiah said, God speaks about baptism in 40 verses. He speaks about prayer in 275 verses. He talks about love in 650 verses. But He talks about finances, material possessions, and wealth in 2,350 verses. He speaks about it 88 times in Matthew, 54 times in Mark, and 92 times in Luke. And the word give is found 1,500 times in the Bible. Because you see, this is serious business for the Lord because He knows where your heart is or where your money is, is where your heart's going to be. And where your heart is is where your money's going to be. Let me just say that if I preached as much about money as Jesus did, oh, I'd, be, I'd hear it all the time. You know, there'd be a lot of people that, wasn't, that wasn't, wouldn't be too happy. And so yes, the Bible talks about giving, but it also talks about how to use your money, how to save your money, how to earn your money, and how to invest your money. And so ultimately, learning to, to live generously and, and applying the biblical principles to our finances, frees us to be used by God and and ultimately to be who God created us to be. In verse 5 and verse 9, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop. About these verses, renowned author, scholar, and pastor J. Vernon McKee in, in his commentary through the bible Uh, many of you have used his material this is what he says about those verses he says remember that when god told israel about the land he was giving to them he said this land is mine i'm giving it to you and israel was to bring a tithe actually i think they brought three tithes to the lord it says at the very beginning of the harvest they brought the first fruits that was to acknowledge that God was the owner of it all. It was evidence of a total commitment to God. McGee continued, Don't tell me you're totally committed to the Lord until your pocketbook is too. Furthermore, he said, I've learned during my years as a pastor that the person who did the most talking was the one who did the least giving. The people who want to run the church don't do much for the treasury. However, God promises His blessings to those who honor Him with their substance. God blesses those who honor them with their substance. Luke 12, says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you hear people say, dedicate, dedicate this or that to your heart. Dedicate your heart to this and the money will follow. What well, Jesus says just the opposite. He says wherever you put your money it's where your heart is. Whatever you spend your money on is where your true love is. Folks, God simply wants us to honor Him. He wants us to, to trust Him totally, completely, and wholeheartedly with everything in our life. He's saying, trust me with that 10% and and watch how I'll meet your needs with the other. Malachi 3.10 says, God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will be no room enough to store it. That's worth testing God over right there. Folks, we're going to be held accountable to God for our stewardship and for for, for God's blessings. And so, is is our heart God's heart? Is our mind God's mind? Is our ways, are they God's ways? Are our possessions, do we really acknowledge that our possessions are His possessions? You see, when we trust God, when we really do trust God with all of our heart, we're not, we're not trusting in ourselves. When we, when he, when we honor God uh, with our wealth, we acknowledge His sovereignty. We, we acknowledge His goodness and His generosity towards us in the fact that He gave His Son for us to have eternal life. He owns it all. And He gives it all. He gave us His Son and His Son gave it all for us. He willingly went to the cross. He willingly shed His blood. He willingly gave up His life so that we could have forgiveness of sin. And God raised Him from the dead to prove that He was able. Folks, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you trusting Him with with all of your heart? You see, our our generosity is is not about giving out of obligation or duty. It's it's a reflection of our our heart's attitude and our love and our, our devotion to God. And our generosity is between us and God. You see, when we give our, our first fruits, when we give of our, our time and our talent and our treasure, our initial and our best portion we have, we're demonstrating that we're trusting in God's provision. We're trusting that, that He's going to take care of us. And generosity and It's an act of worship. It's a a tangible expression of of our love and devotion for God. And and it's to say as our our hymn of invitation is today, Lord, I, I just need you. God, I just need you every hour, every moment. Let me ask you this morning, are you trusting the Lord with with all of your heart? Are you giving God your first or your last? Are you giving God your best or your leftovers? We make it pretty easy for you on newhopegive.com to set up a draft every month it'll come out whatever you said. Comes out just like your your car insurance and your credit card bill, your cell phone bill. In all reality, what's what's more important? Is it your insurance? Is it your credit card bill? Is it your cell phone bill? Or is it your Savior? You see, when we prioritize honoring God with our with, with our wealth and with our finances and, and practice the, the cheerful generosity that, that the Bible teaches, He promises to bless us. He promises to to pour out His blessings more than we could ever imagine. And this isn't just material blessings, but a reflection of, of God's faithfulness and His provisions for us. And I'll close with this. Are you trusting in your own flawed wisdom and ways? Or are you trusting God with all of your heart only you can answer that question and so God the invitation this morning is not to me or the invitation is from God to you so however God has spoken to you or is speaking to you he wants to hear from you this morning whatever that might be. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, it is so easy to trust in ourselves because we think we know everything. We think we know best. We think we know what's best for us. And so God, we admit, we acknowledge that turning the, the, the reins loose and allowing someone else, even God, To take control But yet Lord you tell us to test us To test you in that And just to sit back and watch and see But Lord we don't want to trust in our own flawed And Failed wisdom But God, we do want to trust you completely in every area of life so that we can be the people you want us to be, so that we can collectively be the church that you want us to be, that you call us to be, that you expect us to be. And So Father, just open up our our hearts and minds this morning and let us see our hearts through your eyes. Oh, Lord, we do need you every single hour. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.